Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Welcome this morning to Kingdom Living Ministries. My name is Pastor Jack Redman. I'm the guest speaker here today. I want to thank uh, Pastor Dwayne Wright, my close personal friend of mine. I consider it an honor to be here. I've known Pastor Dwayne uh, probably about 15 years or so. Um, you know, we've done some ministry events together and some different movements we've worked on. We've seen God move amazingly. Uh, so it is an honor to be here today. Uh, both for Pastor Dwayne and Courtney, I want to thank you both uh, for building such a strong church. And uh, I am excited. Uh, I'm going to be speaking today about spiritual gifts. Uh, so we're going to break these down. If you know somebody that wants to learn about spiritual gifts or just get an encouraging word, because I'm going to talk a lot about a lot of different aspects of how God and um, He gives us gifts and how the power of the Holy Spirit can really change our lives. So now's a great time to hit that share button, maybe uh, send a link to somebody. Uh, so that they can be a part of this morning's service. But before we begin, let us pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you love us where we're at. You love us as we are. But Lord, your goal is to bring us closer to you, not only in a relational sense, but Lord, closer to you that we act like you, walk like you, live like you. And the only way that that is possible is through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So Lord, we come to you asking you to continue to shape us and mold us and change us through your word. And we pray that lives will be changed because when your word goes forth, it achieves the purposes for which it was sent. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said, I want to speak about spiritual gifts this morning, and our text is going to be 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 11. I'll be reading from the uh, ESV version, and as, as you go there, once again, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. I think the goal of today is to help people understand that God wants to give each one of us gifts, and in fact, He already has. And when we come to know Jesus uh, as our Lord and Savior, one of the things that happens over time is that God reveals the spiritual gifts for which He has, has given us. And the reason why He gives us gift is because uh, He has work for us to do. Going to church is not just going on a Sunday morning, it's being the church um, seven days a week, wherever you go. And one of the biggest things I want to communicate to you today is that the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not just meant for Sunday morning. Uh, they're not just meant for the pastor or the bishop. And we love our pastors. We love spiritual leaders. Uh, but their job is to really train us to do the work of ministry outside the walls of the church. So praise God for Sunday mornings. Thank you for joining us today. Um, you know, in days ahead, people will be watching this. But the goal is to equip people to do the work of ministry wherever they go. Don't need a title. Uh, don't need a position. Uh, all you need is to be in relationship with Christ, to be a child of God. And God will use you. And that's one of the most important things I want you to know. So 1 Corinthians 12, beginning at verse 1, says this, Now, 
Concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that you were pagans and were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but the same God, who empowers them all in everyone. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. So the Apostle Paul here is, is giving us a kind of an overview of the nine spiritual gifts. And there's different uh, groups of gifting within the Bible. Uh, but these are gifts that are empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the work of ministry. So the first thing, I want to share a couple points about this. Uh, it's very, very simple when you start to look at it. Simple but powerful. So here's the first thing. We must learn about spiritual gifts. Um, the text says it really simple. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. So when, when we come to Christ, as far as spiritual gifts come, we are all in the same boat. We are 100% uninformed. We don't know. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're not smart. It doesn't mean that you're not educated. It doesn't mean that you're not street smart. It doesn't mean that you're not wise. It just means that you're uninformed about these spiritual gifts. Now, uh, whether this is the first time you've, you're hearing the word spiritual gifts or whether you've been in the church for decades, um, I want you to understand that there is always more to learn. See, the Bible says that God is infinite. So, We'll never know everything about God on this side of eternity, and in fact, for all eternity, because God is infinite. So there's more to learn, and this is one of the things that, that I, I've had to experience in my life as, as God has taken me to different situations, different places, different countries. There are things that, that I need to learn. There are things that I run into that I can't explain, that I don't know. And what I do with that is I seek God for more revelation. I go back to God's Word and I ask the men and the women of God that are in those areas, those regions who are familiar with different things going on, I ask them, what's going on here? Help me understand it. Help me learn how to fight this because we're in a spiritual battle. And sometimes you may be comfortable in, in your, your, your realm and then God will put you someplace. I remember the first time I went to India, I saw things that I had never seen. So in that, in that process 
um, there was certain uh, dynamics that were going on that were brand new to me. So um, did I have an understanding of spiritual gifts? Sure. Have I, did I cast out demons? Sure. Did I see God do miracles? Sure. But I was experiencing new things. So you better believe I grabbed the bishop and I said, Bishop, this is what happened. This is what I did. This is what God did. And this is how the reaction, you know. And we went through all these things because, because I put myself in a place as a student. And I want to encourage you to do that today. So the Corinthians, understand, the, the Christianity was brand new to them. So they weren't familiar with the gospel, never mind the spiritual gifts. And the Apostle Paul, who's writing the book uh, to the Corinthians, Corinth was a city. It was about 50 miles um, west of Athens. Uh, so if you're familiar with Athens, they had these big stadiums. They had all these... Um, uh, statues and idolatry and sometimes we look at Greek mythology as sort of like you know we mythology no no this was their religion they believed that these gods were real that these gods interacted and they sought after these gods so these are deeply spiritual people uh, but one thing I've learned about learning uh, about gifts of the Holy Spirit and things of that nature, just because you're spiritual doesn't mean you know God's truth or you understand everything about God. So the, the Corinthians, and the, this is in the place of Greece, and understand too, uh, the Greek culture in that day and age, they're the most educated people in the world. They're developing all these philosophies and science and math and all of these things. So just because somebody is educated or smart or philosophical, also, that doesn't mean that they know about spiritual gifts. Now, in terms of your experience, um, you know, look at yourself today and, and start to look at these verses and say, you know, what, what do I know? What don't I know? Because one thing I've learned, I travel to a lot of churches uh, throughout the United States, different countries, and people have different practices. They have different emphasis. Some churches are very uh, strong on spiritual gifts. Other churches don't even mention them. Some churches don't even believe in them. And I'm talking about Christian churches. I'm not talking about different religions and different things like that. It depends upon people's experiences. Um, many churches also believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, well, the apostles needed them to establish the church. And that's the theology of literally entire denominations. Now, these denominations, they, they may love Jesus. They may be leading people to Christ. They may be doing magnificent things. But this area of spiritual gifts, they're just not knowledgeable in it. They don't practice it. Um, and a lot of times they've been taught to not do that. But, you know, a lot of times... When I, I talk to people about it and, and I start to ask them some questions, I'm like, well, okay, they, they needed it. Your theology is they needed it back then. So I ask them, is there less problems today? Are there less unsaved people? Are there less sick people? Are there less miracles needed? You know, when you start to ask these questions and people start to go, no, we need it more. We need it more. We need it more. Well, when you look at God's word, Hebrews 13, 8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So Christ doesn't change. And also in Luke 21, 33, it says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And three of the gospels echo that same mindset. I bring these scriptures to point out that, listen, if the early church needed it, and that's who uh, Christ was back then, and that's what God's word said back then, guess what? It still applies today. And throughout history, there's been different emphases and things like that, but these gifts have never disappeared 
Um, they've always been active and they are active today. So I want to encourage you to, to learn about them. My, now, my experience was when I grew up, I grew up, I w- went to Catholic school. I was raised Roman Catholic. I went to mass every Friday. I went to mass every Sunday. And honestly, I was not saved. I didn't know Jesus and I had no idea what spiritual gifts were. Now, I believe Christ died on the cross. I believe he rose again. But that doesn't, that's a separate issue than understanding the spiritual gifts. So I want to encourage you because you may be watching this, um, you know, as part of the Sunday morning program, as part of Kingdom Living Ministries, or over the next weeks and months and years, you may have tuned into this and you have no idea, um, you know, about this local church. You just found it online. And I want to encourage you because so many people, they, they've gone to church, they've gone to mass, they've, they've been religious, but they don't yet know about the spiritual gifts. And that's important because we're all led by something. We want to be Holy Spirit led. And the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. So as we look at these spiritual gifts, what happens is they begin to guide us into the truth of who we are, of who God created us to be, of what God wants us to do. And without the Holy Spirit, we're kind of stumbling through life. Now, for me, 27 years of my life, I was just living for me. I was trying to get what I wanted to uh, feel pleasure, to feel excitement, to accomplish things. And until I really gave my life to Christ, I was like going in one direction. Now, once I learned about the truth of the gospel, God began to put me on a different path. But then the process began where I began to learn about the leading of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. I wasn't led by, you know, false thoughts, false uh, uh, ideas. I wasn't led by my flesh. Now I could be led by the Holy Spirit. Um, because the reality is if, we're, if we can be led by truth, we can also be led by lies. Paul was saying to the Corinthians, whom he calls Gentiles or pagans, that they were led astray, which means they were pulled away to false thinking, false theology, um, and he called them mute idols. All right. Some of that people ask, well, where does that false theology come from? And it's not from God. It's actually from demonic spirits that want to pull people away from God. And sometimes people, they're comfortable with angels, but they're not comfortable. What a demon is, a demon is basically a fallen angel who once served God now wants to pull people away from God. And if we don't, if we're not being led by the Holy Spirit, we're going to be led by something. And a lot of times, even in today's society, uh, I've learned whatever God wants to do, God wants to lead us. God wants to empower us. God wants to help us in our purpose. The enemy wants to get us all confused with false religions, false theology. Um, I drive past these psychics and tarot card readers. They're giving you false information. Now, because when when you look at the idea of mute idols, what, what the Apostle Paul is saying You're praying to a statue. The statue can't talk. But people were still seeking that statue, and that gives the enemy their ear, and he can begin to speak to them. So that's important because we're we're in this spiritual battle, and we're either going to be led by God, led by the Holy Spirit, or the devil is going to be able to deceive us. And this is important that that we're not pulled in the wrong direction. Um, One of the ways that we know, especially when we talk about spiritual gifts, How do we know that if a message is heard, it's from God or not? A prophetic word, or we'll get into the gifts in a second, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. The first thing is this. It's always going to agree with God's word. 
It's going to agree with God's word. If somebody tells you to go bow down to an idol, that goes against God's word. If somebody says, go seek uh, information and, and, and psychics, that, that goes against God's word. It's very clear, speaking against witchcraft, against that type of thing, because it's a, it's a false theology. It's a false thought. It's got to line up with God's word. Um, and sometimes there may not be a specific thing, but there's principles in the Bible that we can always go back to. God is always about truth. God is always about love. God is always about uplifting people, different things like that. So if somebody gets a prophetic word or a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge, that should line up. And also one thing that I've learned, a lot of times when you get input from spiritual gifts, what God is really doing is, is confirming what he's already spoken to you internally. So like a lot of times, uh, like I knew I was called to be a soul winner. I just knew it from the time I was saved. And then people would begin to prophesy uh, or give me words of wisdom, words of knowledge. God, I saw this and you're going to be, uh, I saw somebody carrying um, like a bushel of grapes, and those are souls that you're going to bring into the kingdom. So what did I do? I started studying evangelism. I started reading about evangelists. I started sharing um, my faith, and I said, well, if it's God's will for people to get saved, then I share the gospel. God's going to save people. So I learned about some of these spiritual gifts through experience. Uh, one of the great things also that I, I was able to experience was I came to Jesus in the late 90s and there was a powerful move of God within the 90s uh, that was very prophetically driven, power of God driven. So my initial experience of Christianity was very much flowing in the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit. So I was able to experience many of these things. So I wasn't just learning intellectual knowledge. Uh, and that's what's important about the spiritual gifts. It just can't be intellectual knowledge. It has to be experiential knowledge. Um, but before that, we must learn about the spiritual gifts. And like I said, we learn about them from God's word. We learn about them from preaching and teaching. And we learn about them through experience. Um, and the second thing is this. The reason why God gives us these gifts is he wants us to express them publicly, all right? This is not just uh, knowledge to have. This is not um, just something that we, we need to gain. I think um, three words, when I talk to people that go to church, when I talk to Christ followers, three words that I can't stand is this, I know that. Because usually when people, when you talk to them about things, they look at you and they go, well, I know that. And, and what they really mean is, since I know that, it's like, you know, I, I got the degree, I got the promotion, I'm good. And the second part of that is, leave me alone. You know, so they're saying, I know that. So just, I don't want to hear anything. And, you know, there's more that God wants to do in our lives. If we think that just because we know something that that achieves God's purposes. No, 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 no. We not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. You know, a lot of times when I talk to people about winning souls, you know, they'll say, I know that. And I'll ask them the question, when was the last time you led somebody to Jesus? And all of a sudden they, they, they look at me, you know, like, how dare you ask me that question? You know, because they know they're not actively loving people and sharing their faith. They're satisfied with, I know that. So the same thing, when we look at these spiritual gifts, it's not enough to know them. We have to exercise them. This is what um, it says in verse 4. It says, there are diversities of gifts, meaning different gifts, but the same spirit. 
There are difference of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. Verse 7 is the key here. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So that word manifestation, that might be a word that you're like, what does that mean? It's not something that we use every day. It means a public demonstration. So let me read that, reread that again with that. But the public demonstration of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So basically, God is telling you there are people that need a message of encouragement, maybe a message of direction, even a message of correction at times. But God wants to give us a message to people that's publicly shared. Now, a lot of times we have this idea that publicly shared means it's from the pulpit, by the pastor. That's just one avenue, one avenue. But God wants us, the, the, jo- the real job of the pastor is to equip the ministry to do the work outside the walls of the church. That's that's really when the church is at its strongest, when the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are equipping the body to do the work of the ministry. See, you're listening right now because my goal is to equip you to do ministry. Now, public doesn't mean in front of a camera, from a, a, a pulpit, or from a stage, or a platform. Public just means in front of other people. And what I see a lot going on in today is a lot of people are functioning in the gifts of the Holy Spirit in regular conversations. You don't need to beat your chest and say, thus saith the Lord. You can, you can just talk to people in common language when God gives you the message to speak to them, to encourage them, to give them direction. Now, if you're on a platform and God says something to you and you end it with thus saith the Lord, I have zero problem with that. Great, wonderful. You know, but at the end of the day, that's going to impact the people in the church. But God wants us to use the gifts to impact people outside the church. He loves people. He wants to bless them. He wants to encourage them. It's so important. And people need direction. They want to know God's will. And the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit reveal God's will in many ways. And what happens is as we learn these things, first of all, as I said, we must learn about the gifts. The second thing is we need to express them in public to our other people. And listen, you'd be amazed. I share words of wisdom and words of knowledge with people that don't go to church, are against church, atheists, um, proud sinners. You know, I talk to proud sinners all the time. They'll, 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 they'll cuss, they'll scream, they'll, they'll, they'll drink, they'll do all these things and, you know, and I'll share a word of God with them and you'd be amazed how open they are. We can't, you know, this stuff is not just meant for church folk. This is meant for the world. Remember, God said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit a lot of times demonstrate the power of God to people. I don't know how many times people would say, how did you know that? And I'm just speaking to them what God is speaking to me. And they're just, they're just like, how did you know that? What about this? What about that? And sometimes it's words. Sometimes it's feelings. Sometimes it's all kinds of different things. And when we allow ourselves um, to let God use us, you'll see lives changed. And this is important. And I really want you to embrace this uh, from verse 8. 
the idea is that God gives spiritual gifts to everyone. Everyone. I thank God for pastors. I love my pastor. I've been at the same church that I got saved at since 1997. It is 2020. So I believe in the local church. I believe in the pastor. I believe in uh, church membership. I believe in all those things. But one of the things that helped me progress in ministry was that I did not have a church background. So 27 years old, I was raised Roman Catholic. The moment I graduated eighth grade, I was out. I got a job washing dishes at Perkins. I saved up $3,500. I got myself a 1981 Mustang. It was white, red on the inside, extra speakers. I was happy. Could care less about God for the next decade or more. So I was coming into the church with no background. I didn't know what a pastor was. I literally didn't know what a pastor was. I literally had never read the Bible except bits and pieces um, when I was in the Catholic thing. And I could read good, so they'd put me up there every once in a while, and I'd read four or five verses and thought I was big stuff. But so here I am. I'm brand new in the church. But I don't know any rules. I don't know who's in charge. I don't know where you can sit in church, what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. So I started doing all this stuff. I just read it. And when I read it, God's word was really clear. He was like, go do this. Don't just read it. Go do it. So I was doing things and people were looking at me like, yo, you're that dude that just walked off the street. How are you speaking to that? How are you praying for people and they're getting healed? How are you leading people to Jesus? And I began to realize, just because somebody's in church a long time doesn't mean they actually function in these gifts. You know, so if that's you, just, you know, just look in the mirror and say, you know what, I need to learn this stuff. I, I need to not just learn it, but experience it. And a lot of times people say, well, I've never seen that. Here's the prayer. You, you, don't, you don't pray that God brings the Bible down to your experience. You pray that God brings your experience up to the Bible. Because I remember praying for people in the power of God movement, and I had no idea what was happening. I had one of my pastors one time, we just took, we took a group of kids on a trip, and I said, I was praying for people, and God was doing this, and God was doing that. And he asked me, he said, what is that all about? And I literally looked at him, and I said, I don't know. God was using me, and, and I, I, did, I didn't know. Like, I didn't know how I was functioning in these gifts. I didn't have an intellectual understanding. All I knew that God, God honors his word and God is powerful and God wants to change people's lives. And I just said, Lord, use me. Use me. I had no title. I had nothing. And you don't need any of that stuff in the sense of to minister to people on an everyday basis. You just need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's look at these gifts. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, or a lot of times that word utterance is considered word, word of wisdom. To another, utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. And to another, various kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. And these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Now, as he wills. So, for instance, you don't get to choose. Just I don't, don't want to be a party pooper, but you don't get to choose. God gives you gifts. You know, honestly, I wish I was a little taller. 
I'd like to be a little darker. I'd like to be a whole lot more handsome, okay? I really would. I really would. But that's not my gifts and whatever. You know, I would love to be one of those pastors. I love those pastors. They get up there and they sing and then they just kind of like glide. They don't even step. They just kind of glide into the pulpit and, you know, and they, 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 everybody's cheering and screaming and I'm not that guy. I didn't get to choose. So in that, listen, walk in the gift and be who God created you to be. You may never have a position. You may never have a title. You may never be tall, dark, and handsome. You, whatever it is, use, uh, let God use you where you're at. All right. So, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the each one for the profit of all. And God has created each one of us to do certain things. Um, and it amazes me because I bump into people all the time. And, and when the Spirit of God moves in them and through them, they do the most amazing things. And in the same way, a lot of times people looked at me like, how's that guy, how is that guy doing that? It wasn't me, it was the power of the Holy Spirit. And the same way, I don't know how many people that I watch God do something and I'm like, how did that person? It's the power of God. It's not the person. And I say that to encourage you because you, you, a lot of people, we, we really beat ourselves up. We say, well, I'm not the smartest. I didn't go to the right school. I'm, I'm not the right this. I'm not the right that. This person doesn't like me. I got fired. I failed. Um, you know, I was, I was on drugs, I was on alcohol, I was on this, you know, I, I did, you know, I did so many bad things, I, I'm no good. You know, people get all wrapped up in all these ideas. But here's the reality, none of us are good, none of us are perfect, that's why we need a Savior. But when Christ is our Savior, He empowers us to do what He created us to do. Your past is in the past. God wants to use you where you are to do His will. And no matter how mature you are, how grown you are, you know, like God looks at us. You ever see like a little five-year-old and they do something and they act all smart and you go, wow, they're so smart. But in your brain, you're going, for a five-year-old, you know, because they're five. And even though they might be smart, they're, they're five. They're, they're a kid. They're a smart kid, right? So if an adult looks at a five-year-old like that, could you imagine how God looks at us? God looks at PhD. <laughs> What? PhD? Who cares? Bishop? What? Like, Bishop of what? You know what I mean? Like, like God is looking at our titles. God is looking, he's looking at us like, that's cute. That's cute. You're, that, you're in diapers. You're a bishop with a PhD, diapers. All right? So wherever you are, wherever you are, I mean, you've been in church 100 years. Listen, God wants to change you, make you more like Christ, walk in his power more. And these gifts, you got to learn about them and let God go and just work in you and through you. So the idea is these gifts, they're, they're meant to build people up. I want to go through them and kind of give you an example of either how I've experienced them or seen them in my life. Uh, I first did this. I was in India and I was speaking to about 200 new pastors. And I think I was, I think I was on a train and God was like, uh, it's a four-hour train. Everything in India is four hours. Um, car, train, whatever it is. Um, 
And God said, do this. And I think I literally hand wrote like in 40 minutes, kind of what I just did here. I redid this for today's session. But God just gave me stuff that like, hey, you've seen these things. You've experienced these things. So these things are for today. All right, the first one, word of wisdom, or in the uh, ESV, it it's uses utterance of wisdom. But the whole idea in utterance is when you speak forth a word. But the word of wisdom is a supernatural message that discloses the mind of God, um, basically to give people wisdom, uh, to give them direction on how to move forward and how to apply it to a s specific thing. Um, an example, an example of this. Um, was as a new believer and I was serving teenagers and I was going from conference to conference. This is 1998. This is one of the ways you know it's guy. I still remember it, 1998. I can still picture the people coming up to me. And I'm like this new guy. Like I'm like, I, you know, picking the gum out the carpet, driving the van. Like I have no authority. I have no position. I am just, I'm happy to love Jesus. I'm jumping up and down at the conference and everybody's having a good time and things like that. And person after person keeps coming up to me and saying, I have a vision of you and one person would say I had this vision of you carrying these uh, or people were carrying racks of grapes and those grapes are souls you're gonna lead many teenagers to Christ and then somebody else would come up to me and say I saw a field and in that field there was this great harvest and this led to a 17 year youth ministry uh, kind of position and role a couple years volunteering then overseeing the, the ministry and whatnot and watching it grow from about 50 kids to about 850 kids all right, and a lot of times people do youth ministry one year, two years, they're out. They're frustrated that this, I, I saw 50 kids turn into 850 kids. And this was, part of this was driven because I had that word of wisdom that said, this is what you're called to do, go do this. And one of the things that that did is that gave me a boldness. I don't have to worry about it. Listen, if you put me in a room full of people and a room full of kids, I would preach in Newark and there'd be the, the, uh, the bloods on one side and the crypts on the other side, literally in the same church. And I would preach and people would get saved. And I would walk in there. The only white guy with all the whole church is black. I'm not supposed to be there. Why do these kids care about what I have to say? I'm nobody to them. But when you walk in there in the power and the authority of God and you're standing on the word of wisdom, which is a spoken word of God to you, faith builds up. I'm here today because I know somebody is going to catch this. Somebody is going to get a hold of these spiritual gifts and they're going to go out and change lives. And it's not going to be because uh, I'm tall, dark and handsome with degrees and I'm pastor this and pastor that and blah, 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 blah. It's going to be because they heard from God and they went forward. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is, is a specific, is a lot of times it's information uh, from God about a past situation that gives you details on how to move forward. It brings clarity. It, it, it helps people understand and process things. Uh, we, we recently had a big event or last year at our church and one of the things, so God kept uh, sending me to the same person, and they were going through a, a big crisis. I didn't know this. All I knew that God told me was they were going through a crisis, number one. Number two, they were going to come out of it with dignity. So picture this person. Uh, barely know them. I know them from a distance. Uh, I can't even remember their name right now. But God said, go to this person. 
tell them that they will get through this situation and they will come out of it with dignity. God didn't tell me the specifics of the situation. And sometimes when, when we go through these things, we don't learn everything about everything that's going on. All I know is that this child of God was going through a very, very difficult situation that was crushing their dignity, crushing their value, crushing the way that they looked at themselves, crushing the way that other people looked at them. Have you ever been there? Have you been there where you just, man, like how did this happen? Everybody's turning on me. Everything's turning on me. My life is, that's where this person was. And I told them, you will come out of this with dignity. And the tears came because that's what they were wrestling with. They were asking themselves, how could I go this far in life and everything's falling apart? How could I do so many good things you know, and, and this is happening to me and I'm going to come out of this looking bad? And I had to explain to them, God says, no, you're coming out of this with dignity. That is the power of the word of knowledge. Another one, uh, there was a young man in the church. I didn't know who he was. And I said to him, I said, listen, you're going through a difficult situation. God is going to keep you in ministry. One day you will lead a church. Didn't see the young man probably for about 10 years comes up to me, you spoke a word over me 10 years ago. And I'm trying, I knew who he was, but not very familiar with him. And basically what had happened, he had been a youth pastor and he was fired by the senior pastor who was also his father. So he got fired from his own job by his pastor and father. And he was ready to, he was done with church. He was done. He was done. I don't know any of the details. That's all I know. I don't know if he deserves to get fired. I don't know. But all I knew is the word of God for him was that he needed to stick in ministry and it was going to work out. And 10 years later, he said, oh, everything happened. Everything. Now, keep in mind, I don't remember. I remember maybe a little bit of it. But that's the power of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it happens this way. The third is faith. Faith is a supernatural trust where you believe God for safety, for provision, to overcome difficult situations. And a lot of my missions work is built on faith. God told me to go to India and that I was going to train hundreds of pastors. Now understand this. I don't know anybody in India. Nobody wants me to come. No invitations are going forth. There's no reason. Like there's None of this makes sense. And God keeps telling me that I'm going to India. So I, I just believed them. Faith. All right, you fast forward a couple years, and I'm sitting in front of hundreds of pastors in India. What is that? When God tells you something, sometimes he'll stir up that faith, but there's a Holy Spirit gift of faith. I've done missions trips for about 20 years. I have never had a person not able to go on a missions trip because of lack of money. Ever. Ever. And I'm talking about 15, uh, 14 years, we did mission trips with teenagers who would be considered poor, who would be considered um, not, you know, with all the uh, finances and all this and all that from some of uh, the roughest neighborhoods uh, of northern New Jersey. I never had one kid. I've taken people to Nicaragua, to India, to Jamaica, all different places. Never had, because I believe by faith that if God sends you, He'll supply. And listen, I don't know how many times. I, I don't know where the money is coming from. I don't know how I'm going to get there. 
but I have a faith, you know? And sometimes it doesn't matter where you're from or what, what you've been through. If you have the gift of faith, I've seen some of people who honestly, this is, this is theologically hard for me to understand sometimes. Some of the people with the most messed up, irresponsible lives, but they have a gift of faith. And they believe God for things and God delivers. It makes no sense to me. Um, somebody told me a story yesterday about somebody they know that, that will literally walk into a restaurant and believe that they, they'll walk in there with no money and, and sit down and order food and somebody pays their bill. Now, I think that's crazy. I don't recommend doing that, but that person, if they hear from God, they, they got to go do it. I'm not going to do that because God didn't tell me to do that. God told me to go to India, so I'm going to do that. But whatever God tells you to do, you have the faith. And I could say that doesn't make sense what that woman did, but she had the faith for it. I've seen single moms raise kids that have faith for everything. And their lives may be disheveled, but they have faith and God honors that. It's, it's an amazing thing. Remember, the gifts and the callings of God, you know, are gifts. They're given without repentance. But even when we repent, and we, we can walk in these gifts. It's amazing. Gifts of healing. This is a supernatural gift to heal different diseases. Now, or sicknesses or illnesses. One time I, ha I had somebody that I had worked with. They had... Um, a lot of different things that happened. They went through a lot of traumatic uh, situations and all kinds of problems, and and it led to to some like PTSD and mental illness and things like that. And they literally took three or four bottles of OxyContin. All right. So this is somebody that that I had, you know, raised up in the church and whatnot, and they had gotten in a multiple uh, situations that were just very very devastating to them, and and they literally took three or four bottles of OxyContin. So you could imagine this person was in a coma, they said brain dead, kidneys were failed, liver was gone, a very young person. And I know that, that I went in there to pray um, many times, and I remember one of the other uh, youth leaders at the time, like I literally left, and they literally laid in bed in the hospital <laughs> with this person and prayed for them. And there was all kinds of people praying and praying and praying and praying and just releasing that faith. And day after day, you know, they said, oh, you know, this person, they have no brain activity, which means they're legally dead. Um, no kidney activity, which means they need kidney transplants. No liver activity, which means they need liver transplants, but they're not going to give a liver and a kidney to somebody that's brain dead. So you can imagine all these dynamics and we're trusting God. And one of the things in my 17 years, that was my deal. I don't bury teenagers. I don't bury teenagers. And so we were not going to bury this person. And they had been become a young adult at this point. And we just prayed. And as time went on, all of a sudden they're like, oh, their kidneys are working, but that's scientifically impossible. Their livers kind of, but not really. Anyway, so a week or so went by. And basically the parents had met with lawyers and met with doctors and met with this, and they were getting ready to sign the papers to pull the life support because basically they said some of these tests are coming around a little bit, but you know what? This, the, your, your child is gonna be a vegetable at best, never talk, never do anything. And on the day they were gonna pull the plug, they woke up. The same person today 
is married, is working, walked out of that hospital seven or eight days later. I mean, it was the craziest thing because when they left the hospital, I'm like, why did they let them leave the hospital? And then, then I had to look in the mirror and say, dummy, she got healed. She got healed. Like, that's what you were praying for. Miracles. And you know when God does that, that gets everybody's attention and they become open to the gospel. You know, the Bible's full of stories um, of healings. Um, and the next, next gift is miracles. It's miracles. A miracle is when you uh, break natural law. So I got my stories in there. I'm talking about healing and then miracles. They can be sometimes the same. Sometimes they're separated. Um, so when you talk about brain activity starting in brain dead, that, that's, you know, that's a miracle too. But um, miracles is when uh, basically uh, scientific law is broken or natural law is broken. And we know throughout the Bible, the parting of the Red Sea, floating axes, things like that. I heard a, a person give a testimony one time that somebody had taken the battery out of their car. So a, a car cannot drive without a battery and it can't start. And they took the battery out and then they were going to attack this person, and kill them or whatever they were going to do. But the person like escaped, got in the car with no battery, started the car and drove it away. You, you can't start a car without a battery. It's, it's, it's physically impossible, but God did it. You know, and they were there to tell that story. So, I mean, these things, and you might say that's, that, can't, that can't happen. That's why it's a miracle. Oceans don't part. You can't walk on water. You know, these are miracles. Axe handles don't float. These are miracles. Cars don't drive without that. I've seen um, pictures of accidents where, you know, the car is, is, is crushed, but the person inside isn't touched. Like, that's impossible, but God can do it. The next gift is this prophecy. Prophecy is a supernatural message relieving God, uh, revealing God's will to encourage, uh, to, to push in the right direction, and sometimes even to correct or give guidance. Uh, for us, uh, my home church is Christ Church. It's, we have two locations, one in Montclair, one in Rockaway, New Jersey. And on the wall in the church in Montclair is a, a prophecy that was given to us by Prophet Terry Christ literally decades ago. And it says a lot of different things, but two of the main things it says is you will be a multicultural uh, a church that attracts people from all nations, and you'll be a training center where people come to learn. You know, fast forward 30 years later, uh, 20 years later, and that's what we are. We have people that are born literally from 70 different countries in our church on every single weekend. Uh, people come to us uh, for uh, different conferences on worship leading, leadership development, preaching, and those type of things. Um, I've been able to develop myself evangelism curriculums and uh, men's ministry curriculums and all those things. And part of that was that was driven by the prophecy that said, you know what? Go do this. And guess what? A lot of that was confirming what God was already doing, but that strengthens you, that encourages you. And so many people actually join the church when they read it because they want to be a part of it. Me, myself, when I came and I heard the vision um, of my pastor about multiculturalism and, and reaching out to different people and racial reconciliation, it just knit my heart together with his and the heart of the church. And, you know, this, this was before, you know, now, 2020, people are talking about, you know, social justice and racial reconciliation and the need for this. This is back in the 90s, 
Okay, so this was a long time ago before you know uh, people people were looking at this as as a big thing as part of what needs to get done, and it wasn't a popular theme for decades. But God always lets you know beforehand, so that's allowed us to be positioned for a lot of what's going on today. Also, distinguishing between spirits. This is a supernatural ability to understand and discern spirits of the, of the spiritual world in order to help people understand circumstances or motivations. A lot of times when I'm praying for people, um, I need discerning of the spirit to understand what's going on so that I can give a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. And it's important that you understand that, that a lot of times uh, somebody will be going through something and you'll be able to identify pain. Or you'll be able to identify missing parts. Like, uh, missing part. let me explain that. A lot of times when I pray for people, uh, God will show me that as a child was growing up, they were not given the love, the attention, the teaching, the correction, all the things that they needed, so they have all these gaps. And God will show me that God is filling in those gaps supernaturally and relationally and different things like that. Um, so that's important that you need to, that, that the spirit behind that of brokenness, the spirit of lack, the spirit of fatherlessness. Also, sometimes people will come up in the spirit of lust or pornography or abuse. You know, you need to discern those spirits so that you know how to deal with them. So you can, you can counsel people that are emotionally broken, that are discouraged, that are depressed, and I, I believe in counseling and it can do all that, but you can't counsel out a spirit. You can't counsel out a demonic activity. That has to be prayed for and cast out sometimes um, in order to give people direction on how to do that. I remember when I was a, a new youth pastor um, and we went to the house of a, a teenager and they were demonized. And I'm praying and I've got all my scriptures ready and, I, you know, uh, by the blood of Jesus, you know, I've got all my Jesus blood scriptures going and whom, sets the, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And I looked at this young girl and I'm casting this demon out and the demon looks at me uh, through her eyes and speaks to me and says, I'm not leaving. I'm brand new at this, man. I'm like, no, I, and I'm, I'm doubling down. By the authority of Jesus Christ, as a son of God, I plead the blood of Jesus over your life, and I cast this out in Jesus' name. And this, this demon speaks to me. He says, I'm not leaving. So I said, okay, God, what, what do I, one of my favorite prayers, God, what do I do with this? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, she invited it in. She has to tell it to leave. So what had happened was um, basically these demonic spirits had began speaking to her as a child through stuffed animals and befriended her. Then when there was conflict between her and her parents, the demon said, if you give us power, we'll help you defeat your parents. And she said, okay, she became demonized. So she gave the demons authority. So until she took the authority over them, I could pray, and in this specific situation, it just wasn't working. The demons were like, yo, she, she let me in. She gave me authority. And God said, she has to take that authority back. That's why you need to be led by the Holy Spirit, because I'm trying to figure this thing out. And so when she said, I said, you have to renounce it. You have to tell it to leave. You have to reject it. And I led her in a prayer. And in the moment that she rejected it, she renounced it. She was set free. But that was because of this discerning of spirits. It was very, very important. So that's another gift. And then I want to talk about tongues and interpretation of tongues. Uh, so there's different types of tongues. 
Um, a tongue is a supernatural gift by God that's given uh, to either encourage somebody as a prayer language. In fact, let me read from 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5. It says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him. For he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds, him, builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds the church. Now, I want you to all speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. Let me kind of break down these real quick. Um, when the Bible says that someone is speaking in tongues for their personal edification, that is a speaking of a type of tongue that is meant uh, for the building up of oneself. In Jude, it says you do not know how to pray as you ought to. And also um, in Romans, it says that we groan or we pray and the Spirit intercedes on behalf of us. So what we commonly call the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what that is is a personal prayer language, a personal tongue to build yourself up. It's meant to be a private prayer language. As I just read, nobody understands it. It's between you and God. All right. Now, when somebody publicly gets up, like if I'm on a Sunday morning and I am speak and I speak in tongues publicly, that's where the interpretation is needed. Otherwise, people won't be able to understand it. But when you have the public sharing of tongues uh, partnered with interpretation, that functions the same as prophesying, where you're speaking forth God's will to people for encouragement, correction, or direction. And this is the way these go. So. Um, another form of speaking in tongues on the day of Pentecost, people spoke in different languages. I've, go, I've heard from different people that have gone to different places around the world. God has used them and actually given them language to speak directly to the people. I've never personally experienced that, but I've met several people that have experienced it. So those are different types of tongues. And once again, that last gift interpretation, it's meant to encourage everybody. So when we talked about this, a couple of things I want you to remember. Number one, we must learn about spiritual gifts. It's not by accident you have to learn. Just because you go to church, guess what? You still need to learn. Even if you've been in church, you need to learn more. And like I said, as I've traveled, I've learned different experiences in different places. Also, we must express our gifts publicly for the benefit of others. This is not only from the pulpit, but this is meant to be in conversations, discussions, all throughout the week. And the last thing is that God gives spiritual gifts to everyone. So no matter who you are, uh, you may not have, nobody has all of them. All right, I shared some experiences of things that I've seen and uh, had done in my life or other people have shared because I wanted to give you some practical explanations and, and stories about these things that, that have actually happened so that it's not all theoretical. But the bottom line is this, be committed to learning um, use these gifts wherever you go and expect God to use you because if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that's the access point to God and the Holy Spirit is God working in you and through you because God wants to bless other people. So I want to encourage you to continue to study these things. In fact, let me pray for you right now. Father, 
I pray for everyone listening that they would understand, Lord, that number one, it is a process to learn about spiritual gifts. I pray that you will give people a passion and a discipline to study your word to learn these things. Lord, I also pray for boldness, Lord, that you will give people words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophetic words, prayers, and faith, Lord, to function seven days a week everywhere they go in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray that people just embrace the gifts that you have given them, whatever they may be, and that they would be ready to share them. And Lord, I pray that you bring people into their lives specific people for specific situations and that you anoint everyone watching to do your will in those moments. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And lastly, before you go, you might be watching this and, you know, I know when I worked, walked into church the first time, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know that I was separated from God. I didn't even know that I could be connected with God. But over time, I learned that, you know what? God loved me. God cared about me. God had a plan for my life. Since I had chosen my own way, I was not walking in His way. So I made a decision. I asked God to forgive me. I asked Him to come into my heart. And I asked Him to lead me. And I'm here today because that's what He did. When you pray a prayer to God, He hears you. He listens. And if you feel disconnected from Christ right now, if you don't know God, let me lead you in a prayer. So simple. God hears our faith. He answers it because he wants you to know him. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I want to know you for myself. Come into my heart. Wash away every sin. Clean my heart. I'm tired of living my way. I want to live your way. And Lord, I pray that you will give me the strength I need to follow you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.